Good evening, y'all, and thanks for coming back to listen to Extraving a podcast today. If you've done so already, go check out my last podcast where I talk about Ed's childhood and his victims. In this episode, I will be talking about his convictions and the forensics behind his crimes. Now let's get into it. So Ed Kember, after killing his last victim, being his mother's friend, he drove towards Colorado and just kept driving. While listening to the radio, he was expecting to become this huge national celebrity, but that did not happen. He continued to drive, and as he got closer to Colorado, he pulled over near a phone booth and called the Santa Cruz Police Department. After multiple attempts of convincing the police he was the co-ed killer, he then confessed to the murders. He waited patiently for dispatch to pick him up. Kimber was then convicted on eight counts of first-degree murder, and when asked what he considered to be appropriate punishment, he replied, death by torture. And I may have made the same comment back in my last episode. Ed's MO was so peculiar yet satisfying at the same time to have read that someone with such a low IQ could get himself out of many situations having to do with those his own suspicions. He played mind games and came up with scenarios right on the spot. This was not hard for him at all. It came naturally and there was no hesitation. Having worked through the highway patrol, this gave Ed a, a motive and the people of California knew who he was about who he was and what he was about, so they thought he was manipulative, dominant, and a controlling killer. During Ed's first conviction of his grandparents and having spent several years in prison already, he was able to pick up buzzwords and could give you an analysis on his own behavior in such psychiatric detail. Ed liked the suspense and the thrill of having dead bodies in his car while he might have gotten pulled over for speeding and such. He liked knowing that the police had no idea what he was doing or capable of committing such crimes. He always played it off and made excuses, like when two girls he picked up, he had them wrapped up in blankets and said they were drunk and how he was just bringing them home. And these girls were then taken back to his house and to never be seen again. His characteristics define him as a sociopath who was manipulative and mentally abusive and twisted in many ways. One article that I found was titled Forensics Evidence Ed Kember, and here's a little background knowledge. Ed Kember made it easy for the cops. He showed them where he had buried the head of a young girl named Cynthia Scahill in his mother's backyard. He then told the police that he already placed her head there so he could take satisfaction in knowing she was on his property looking towards the sky. As they continued to drive to each individual crime scene, Ed described each murder in detail and showed them where he disposed each victim's remains. Having killed everyone with a gun and hammer, which then he would eventually decapitate the majority, if not all of them, and in some cases, like his mother, he raped their headless bodies. He killed ten women in the span of nine years. His tactics as a killer was dismemberment, cannibalism, and necrophilia. Now I'm going to jump into his trial. Ed's witnesses tried to convince the jury that he was not responsible for his crimes. One in specific made things worse for Ed. Prosecution witness Dr. Joel Fort went as far to tell the jury that Ed was not a paranoid schizophrenic and how he was just obsessed with sex and violence, how he craved the attention. He also told the jury that when Ed was younger, he slashed his own wrists with a ballpoint pen during the trial of his grandparents. 
in an attempt of suicide. During the last three weeks of the trial, not one witness was able to convince the jury that Ed was insane, not even his own two sisters. That's when Ed would then spend the rest of his life at Vacaville Medical Facility and spent and sent to the maximum security prison at Folsom. He is not going to be eligible for parole after serving out his maximum sentences. And in 1988, there was question that he was going to be able to get parole, but I believe that was turned down immediately. So he will not have parole. He will rot in that prison, and I'm sure that the families of the victims are very pleased that he will be rotting in jail for the rest of his life. And that there, folks, would be the conclusion of Mr. Ed Kember. Thanks again for tuning into the series, and I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. See you on the flip side.